Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Indie Comic Spotlight, the show where we do a deep dive into an ongoing series or graphic novel from a company other than the big two. And today it's a very special episode. Um, in this very special episode, Blossom learns a secret about her brother, and he says, whoa, it's not that kind of special episode. It's, But I am here with a blossom of a man, a human being uh, with, a, listen, we were talking off air for like 20 minutes before we hit record. This is a dude who, through the magic of the internet, has become a very good friend of mine, and I'm happy about it, and I'm so proud of him. And I said, hey, Kyle, you want to come on and just talk about art and being creative and kind of like take what you do on your show, put it on my show, but then also talk about your amazing comic and all of the other cool new comics you've got coming on. And he's like, I'm game. And so here we are. He's drinking whiskey. I've got some vodka. Kyle Stuke, the man, the myth, the Ecuadorian. How are you, friend? Man, uh, Tony, I'm doing so well. I, I'm re- I've been reading this book called Welcome to Mansfield, and it's so good. I just really wish that I could connect with Is the it author. Any good? Oh, yeah, it's so good. Such a good narrator. Maybe, such maybe a great... I heard. <laughs> such hey, a narrator's such a dick. <laughs> no, such a good narrator, such a good contemporary take on a classic, such a just filled with mm. little Easter eggs for Austinites. Uh, I don't even know if you all call yourself Austinites, but um, just hey, yeah, nice. so well written, so so funny. And every time I would finish reading it, Tony, I would be like, or like finish reading for the day, I'd be like, oh man, I want to get back to Junior. What's Junior up to? What shenanigans are going down at the park? So guys, Kyle Stuke here, very happy to be here, but I can't wait for this to be over so I can go and continue reading Welcome to Mansfield, which <laughs> I am almost close to finishing. Thank you. Well, that is lovely. And I heard that you'll have the author of that book on an upcoming episode of Humming Fools. Yeah, honestly, kind of a big deal. Was able to get in contact <laughs> with his agent, and you know, I slipped a, a Benjamin uh, their way. And let's just say that in a couple of days, we will record, and it will be beautiful. It will be beautiful. It will be. I'm very excited, and I appreciate that because I don't know if you know. Um, here's the cool thing about what we do, which is super weird. Um, So like I say this to people, like, hey, you're a guest, so you're sitting in that chair. But you know who else is sat in that chair? Kelly Sue DeConnick, Mark Russell. They've sat in the chair. I mean, that's like fucking Cecil Castellucci. This is no joke. This is I've talked to some comic book fucking royalty like you sitting in that chair. You are going to interview me and you fucking had John Langdon on your show. What's that about? Yeah. And I'm going to be in the chair. Like you had, and we both have interviewed Cullen Bunn, and that is the craziest thing. Cullen did Bunn you interview, him, interview him before me? I did. You son of a bitch. <laughs> You're the son <laughs> of a bitch. I am. Are we allowed to swear no. on the show? I forgot. Oh, yeah. We do. We swear <laughs> all day long. Okay, cool. We resisted calling it the fuck cast. And just went for indie comic spotlight, but way um, to keep it tasteful. Yeah. Way to keep it tasteful. Uh, yeah, but anyway, no, it's true. It's just crazy. Like here we, words, um, and like we both we could both say like our Colin Bunn number is zero because we both know Colin. 
That's true. That's true. Uh, you've got, I mean, I've heard he's a close personal friend of yours. That is not true. And if he heard that, he probably would be upset. Um, not because he would hate the association, but I think any honest man hates fibs and I'll stand by that. Oh, wow. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> so anyway, so all of this is to say, I thought it would be super fun for us to talk about process a little bit. And I know that it doesn't sound super sexy, but when Kyle Stuke is talking, whatever it is, we'll make sexy. it sexy. Yeah, that's right, baby. Cause you know what they call you? Big Papa. That's right. <laughs> Listen, and I love that I was there when you decided that that was going to be your name. Like I was part of the process of you picking Papa as your nickname. I, um, you'll be talking to Abby. It's my favorite. It's when you're talking to Abby and you say, Papa says blah, blah, blah. And doesn't correct you. She doesn't say like, I'm not going to call you that Kyle. She never. She just lets it go. And so because Abby tacitly accepts Papa as a nickname, it makes it officially your name. I didn't so much choose the nickname Papa as Papa chose me. But besides that, everything you said is true. Oh, shit. I lost you for a second. Besides that, what? Uh, what, did, what did I last say? You said besides that. Oh, I said... Um, Besides, well, but did you hear me? Yeah, Papa <laughs> did you hear me? You. Yeah, 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 yeah. Besides that, everything you said was accurate. Oh, okay, fair. Okay, excellent. All right, good to know. So anyway, yeah, we've been having this is like this is the behind the actor studio version of Indie Comics Spotlight. So Kyle, listen, we I when we first met, all you had sent me was issue one of Evilcast, and I loved it immediately. I'm like, I want this guy to be on the show, and you came on, and I got you to admit that there was a secret extra story about the cats, which still has yet to be revealed. So that is also something that proves to me that Evilcast must go on, because you are an honest man. Mm-hmm. It's coming. I Kitty show time. with a total stranger and say, <laughs> is that what it's going to be called? Kitty time? Oh, yeah. There's no other name. I love it. I can't wait. But anyway, so People can go back and listen, and I'll link to the other show that we did. But, like, seriously, what was dream was this, and your dream is now fulfilled. So tell everybody, your your book, Evil Cast, is out. We could buy it. We could buy a physical copy. I have a physical copy. It's out from Marcosia Publishing. And so, like, the one thing that I heard you and Kyle talk, or you and Kyle, you're, you, you and yourself. You and Noah talked a little <laughs> bit about it on Humming Fools when it first came out, like what that felt like and everything, which was cool. But like now it's been out for a little while. How are you doing? How has that affected? Because I know you've got a few other projects in the pipeline too. So how has the, the and I'm going to say it, I'm going to say the word, how has okay. the success of Evilcast, because it's published, it's a published book. It's successful. You are a success. Facts. Hashtag facts. So how has the success of Evilcast changed your process? Like, can you get in your own time machine and go back to when we first met? You're like still finishing Evilcast and like Enrico is getting ready to have his own book out from Dark Horse. And you're like, damn, I can't believe I got this guy. <laughs> like all that shit's happening at the same time. You're finishing that up. And then you sold it and it happened. I know that process was, was a long one. So I, that's my thing is like, 
can you compare how you right now in the work that you do has the success of it changed your process in any way like i just would like to hear people because you're the writer not the artist i know you say it would make your life so much easier if you could draw your own comics mm-hmm. it would be a lot cheaper for papa mm-hmm. big papa big papa would save some big coin if he could draw his own his own comic um no, that's the stuff i genuinely don't know we've not talked about that i didn't tell you i was going to ask that question i just want to know that's what i because i just think about like i've seen some of your new comics dude they're fucking good and not that evil cast is good evil cast is awesome but it's like look at him just fucking elevate his game he was here i thought he could ball now he's like i didn't realize he wasn't balling before at all that was just like he was accidentally like he was like kicking the ball like dunking you feel that tell me all about it okay um also, sorry if there's awkward gaps. It's been a little bit choppy. Um, I know. So sorry. But not. I mean, I blame Satan. So don't don't take responsibility. I mean, it for is that. Sa- Satan who clearly built the internet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He was like, I'm gonna make something that all these perverts are gonna use, and we will all get further from God. Um, right. No. Um, I mean. I think the best image to describe how I am doing is just the little gif of, uh, I don't know if it's Donald Duck or there's some duck and he's just in the coins of money. I mean, I'm just like, absolutely. I think that's Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. That's what I'm doing. I'm just like so wealthy and I don't know what to do with all of it. <laughs> And because comics are just such a lucrative business and, um, you know, there's not any inflation going on right now and people love paying $25 for a book. Um, so yeah, I just like, I don't know, man, like Scarface, that's another image that you could conjure up just like lots of cocaine. Um, no, I, I, to, to be honest to the listeners, the launch of evil cast was very bad um, and very frustrating um, because unfortunately, as much as I think we all for the most part, don't love uh, Amazon and Jeff Bezos and his penis rocket and stuff like that. People buy all their shit off of Amazon and books are one of the main things on Amazon that people love to buy. It's just, uh, a reality and so yes like support your local bookstores uh i like barnes and noble i get lost in there um i people have had to come find me um but it's like amazon is like a main place for that and it's also besides goodreads one of the main places that people look for reviews and stuff like that so on launch day uh amazon was not available. And so we had had all these pre-orders and I had worked really hard to get people to pre-order it because Marcosia doesn't do a ton of press, which I knew and that's fine. So I I had, you know, put in the legwork to try to make sure there was a lot of pre-orders only for them the day of the launch to come and for everyone to get an email from Amazon saying, Hey, uh, your item's not available. Do you still want it? If not, we'll take it out in like 15 days. <laughs> um, so 
that just led to so many problems and you know like like with launching a podcast or a product the first couple of days and weeks are really important because that can get you on fresh like lists hey new top trending whatever and so and and two for sending it to reviewers and doing stuff like that people just couldn't get the book outside of um you know ordering through other places which you know you can get but hardly anyone's like going to walmart.com to order a book and if you are that one person hell yeah jennifer you're cool i like your stuff you know jennifer is boss i was thinking about her and her um amazing ability to walmart as a verb and um she just proved it that day you know, Jennifer gets judged for that weird thing she did in third grade, but like, guys, that was in third grade, okay? And now grow she gets up, books off. Like of, yeah, Jennifer. Grow, yeah. grow up. Jennifer slaps. Anyway. Um, so, I love her. Yeah, Good I, job, Jennifer. Yeah, shout out to you, Jennifer. I love your flamingo tattoo. I would have put it somewhere else, but you For do sure. You. That was a choice. It was a choice. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so it was hard. I was very defeated because, you know, I started Evil Cast in 2018 working on it. And so you, the work never ends. You're always writing a script. You're always answering an email with the artist. And again, the art goes through several stages. And then you have to do the lettering. And then you notice a mistake after you finish the issue. Or you're having to deal with doing the covers for the actual art you're having to do with deal with the poster and then you compile it all together and then you're like oh it's done and then you have to do more work and make a pitch doc and then you have to you're like where the hell do i pitch this who wants this and you're surprised when your mother says she does not want it and does not know what to do with it and is also confused as to why you're in her room at 3 a.m when you said you weren't going to come for thanksgiving and you're like mom Leave me alone. Do you want this or not? Um, She's so, like, I do not, son. I do not. Also, please leave. And my dad, you know, he's fast asleep because nothing will wake him up. Um, so not even Jennifer's Walmart game could could no, shock him. No, that could again, shock as him powerful as it is, uh, yeah, he is. His sleep is more powerful. It doesn't matter if you turn on Schindler's List; he will fall asleep. And it's not anti-Semitic, but it is still hurtful. Um, it is. It is. He needs to consider what he's doing. But that's yeah. Honestly, Bob, Bob, if you're listening, I mean, just get it together, my guy. I love yeah, you, but Bob. Come on. Yeah. Again, him and him and Jennifer, two sides of the same coin. Anyway. <laughs> um. So yeah, it yeah. just it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. Again, I didn't do any crowdfunding. The um, artists were paid uh, because um that's important and if you have a close friendship and you guys are both willing to put in work that's awesome um but i did not and so um you know funded the comic myself and so all just long-winded way of saying it was incredibly discouraging to have you get past the trials of actually making the thing you get past the trials of someone kindly offering to publish it and then you do all the publishing prep and all these things for then on the day that you're is supposed to be so exciting um, and fulfilling for it just to be the opposite of that. And I'm getting emails and texts from people going, where's the book? I'm not going to get it. 
and I'm writing to my publisher and trying to get a hold of Amazon and I won't get into all the specifics of the conversations <laughs> that took place, but they were very frustrating. Um, and so, uh, but to turn it around like a Hallmark Christmas movie, um, the boy who moved back to his small town only just to discover his high school sweetheart who lived in the bakery, who I thought was with someone else in the third act, spoiler alert, he's actually in a motorcycle gang and she has just realized that I am the one. And so the motorcycle game (laughs) was an interesting turn. I liked it. I was ready for it though. I wasn't sure where we were going. So I was ready for the turn and motorcycle gang. That's a good one. I don't Hallmark. If you're listening, Kyle Stukes contact information is at his website. You can contact him there. Um, I think clearly you have a degree in film, so you know what you're doing. (laughs) And listen, this isn't anything against motorcycles or their games. Or uh, games. This, <laughs> <laughs> this is just, it's part of the plot. She, you know, ever since she was little, uh, you know, she was afraid of them because her dad died in a tragic motorcycle gang accident. And she made that guy promise to not be in one. And he lied. And that's what it was about. Not him it being. Is. That is what it's yeah. about. Ah, so um, after enough Son of a pounding. Bitch. Yeah. Yeah, she does say that in the film. I'm yeah. glad that you remember that iconic oh. line. Um, Doug, you son of a bitch. Oh, we're I on thought, Hallmark. Yeah. <laughs> Doug, you son of a bear. Yeah. Right, what's that really what's that really bad diehard dub where it's like uh yippee kaye? I forget what they changed it to, but oh it's God, so stupid. No oh it's so funny. You'll have to look, I'll send it to you after this. Please. Anyway, but I I hounded my publisher. I hounded Amazon. I wrote their customer service. You know, it has nothing to do with them. They're just shipping. I was like, I don't care. I will be <laughs> so annoying that eventually I will force someone to care. And I don't know if I ever was the result of why I got it back on Amazon. But once I did... um it started selling really well and I can't release the numbers because the publisher told me that they themselves shouldn't be telling me, um, which I don't fully understand. I'm like, but I wrote it. Why can't I know? But, (laughs) um, but they told me and I was very pleased. I was like, Oh, Dane. And they're like, we don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. Um, And so now months and months after the launch it feels really good to see reviews coming in to see the common things that people like uh and and to see their the critiques you know it's kind of the stuff that i like was trying to get away with that i knew wasn't great when people pointed out i was like yeah you're right (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's great because i know that i'm already rectifying a lot of that in the second volume and it's been nice to know that the things that i hoped were good like the dialogue and the friendship and the chemistry and the humor and the cats which again kitty time's coming baby kitty time time. i just Uh, think kitty time should be just as a pitch I think Kitty Time should be the entire first arc of Evil Cast, but just with the cats. Like, exact same story, but with cat versions of everybody. Like, 
the one when you and Noah go out shopping and you're dressed in the Ferris Bueller thing, that whole thing. Like, do the whole thing, but just as the cat. Shot for shot, but just cats. That I mean, that's just an idea. I'm just pitching. Oh yeah, that that it'll be a spinoff <laughs> comic, and it will be called Evil Cats. Um, and <laughs> thank you. <laughs> get evil, evil cats, and then tagline Kitty Time. Uh, and, then, and then and then in Evil Cats, <laughs> you and Noah are at the cat character. Yes, little they have little versions of you. Yeah, I mean this I'm is tiny. writing itself. Yeah, yeah, Marcosia. I want an update on my contract. Um, <laughs> this is gold, baby. <laughs> hey. So, yeah, I feel really good now. There's still, like, so much work to do. I haven't, like, um, I've gotten it into, you know, a bunch of physical stores, and that's awesome. But I, I have so many more. I just, um, I contact any store I see. So, as, like, you know, encouragement or hype to any um, potential creators who are listening, who are doing their own and stuff, like something we say on my uh, art interview creativity podcast a lot is um, you always have the no, so why not go for the yes? So don't be the person that turns you down because there'll be plenty of other people who will do that. You should 100%. be the one who's hyping yourself up. And so as an example, again, Evilcast isn't just like a, airplane book and what i mean by that is it's just everywhere it's just on a shelf ready to be bought a new york times bestseller it's not that and so i have to be the one who reaches out to stores and tries to get it stocked and so um there's a lot of stores in the united states which is great um and so there's a lot of places that are like no why i don't know who you are but an example of again like me getting it into a store where it had no right being in that store is I went to a conference in Raleigh, North Carolina, Dash Bash. It's an animation conference. And I just walked past a bookstore and I was like, ah, <laughs> I just wrote it down because I was like, great, another bookstore. And I reached out to them and I was like, hello, I was in your fine city for a conference and I saw your bookstore. It was beautiful. Will you will you hold my book, please? <laughs> and they did. They ordered some copies. Um, and again, they don't know me. There's no reason for them to, but stuff like that happens. So, um, yeah, it's been great to hear from bookstores, um, that they enjoy it, that it sells there. It's been great to see Amazon reviews, Goodreads reviews, um, and to see my friends and something I've asked everyone who buys the book to do is to send me pictures of them with it. And so we have a collection of photos on the website of everyone with their copies and, that's just so fun. It's really cool. And it's kind of funny too, seeing jokes that I wrote like actually like five years ago, people now just um, listening to like there's one and to me, they're not even funny anymore. So it's kind of <laughs> strange when someone says it to me, I'm like, that sucks. But you know, there's people who for the first time are hearing the, like I got cock blocked by Jesus line and That's they're good. like, they're amazed by it and they're enjoying it. And it's like, Oh yeah. Like I forgot about that line. That line got me into trouble with people, but that's okay. I'm sure um, it did with Jesus. No, not with Jesus. I he talked about fine. this on my Instagram. He he's a good sport. Yeah. He was fine. He was like, yeah, yeah I totally did. Cock <laughs> he's the, in the Christopher Moore version of Jesus. I don't know if you ever read lamb. Oh, bro. An... Lamb's my favorite. Book Dude. Of all time. I'm so good. Okay, my favorite part is when like 
he's going on about what are we going to do? Biff, what are we going to do for the dumb fucks? That whole scene when he's doing the Sermon <laughs> on the Mount, I like that is milk out the nose funny. Like you obviously love Christopher. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I have told people I am not interested in adapting other people's work or characters except for three exceptions. One is going to surprise people who know me or maybe not. I don't know. One is Spider-Man. I'm like, I'm a little bitch for Spider-Man. Let me write Spider-Man, especially now. I'll not say anything else, but just like, please give it to me and stop (laughs) what you're doing. Um, Second is Lamb. I want Lamb to be an HBO Max or just Max Now miniseries. It's so funny. And then the third one's Wicked. (laughs) Because I, I love, I love Wicked, and I hate yeah. um, what appears that they are doing with it right now. But again, that's a tale for another day. Okay, totally fair. Anyway, I love that though. Let's so let's the humor is there. I mean, we could. I love Christopher Moore too. I mean, we've got so much. We, did you ever listen to the audiobook? Fisher Stevens mm-hmm. reads it. God, he's amazing. He's spectacular. Anyway, I love that book. Thank you for having read it. You're the person I know who's read it. But it's like Christopher Moore. Shouldn't a million billion people have, like there must be lots of people who read it. He's him. But I don't know anybody who's read it. Like, now you. And that we did not plan that. I didn't know you were no. going to say it. That's amazing. There's so many that things book. that were like that, though. That were just like, oh, that thing. And we're like, oh, you're the person I know now who, who I could talk yeah. to about that because I don't <laughs> know anybody else. Um, uh, anyway, boy, he's so good. So, so. Like you said, the jokes, jokes you wrote five years ago that you don't even think are funny anymore. So that ties into the question of, like, not just that you're you're writing new jokes, like those are old. You're not going to go do the same stand-up bit. You know, that's the thing about stand-up. They have to keep writing new jokes. You know, the Rolling Stones can play Start Me Up forever. They had to write that Mm -hmm. once, you know, and then they could just play it forever. So you have to keep doing that. You can't just recycle the same jokes. So how does that, how has that changed how you write and, like, seeing this and looking back on that, like you said, you mentioned something about trying to fix things and I don't, not spoiler alerts, but not even just like fixing things for evil cast volume two, but just for your new series that you're working on or other projects, you, you know, you're in this writer's group. So like how has looking back at evil cast and having that feedback from people and reading the Goodreads reviews or the Amazon reviews, good, bad, or ugly. How does that change how you're approaching the new art you're making? Yeah, well, it is art, and I'm glad that you call it that. It's, it is. Uh, it's very, it's it's special, and it's better than anything else. Um, oh, cool. I was expecting some pushback, but I'm glad we're on the well, same page. Uh, yeah, because no. you know how I hate art so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, I'm humble, I promise. Um, no. Which is something that humble people say uh, all the time. Um, he no, almost I, named I, his show Humble Fools. But they went That's with coming right. fools instead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was almost humble cats, the spinoff. But we had to. That was already then, that was well, already taken. But don't you remember when you guys when you originally launched? Well, well, here's the secret, everybody. They launched humble cats, but what happened was the owners of Thundercats came out because because the original. If you look at the humming fools logo, it's Kyle uh, Noah has drawn this picture of them with their brains connected. They were actually dressed like the twins from thundercats and mm. they got sued and so they were like and so then they were like well what if we do tigra and lion instead they're like no you can't do it be something else and you're like fine 
So then it went from, you know, it, that's how Humming Fools started. Everybody, listen, those people who own the copyright to Thundercats, do something with it then. If you're not going to let you guys do Humble Cats, I don't know what the fuck is their problem. I mean, I definitely now need Noah to draw that picture of you and you, the two of you dressed like the twins from the little kittens. Yeah, I, yeah. I want it too. I, I want some sexy fanfic. So uh, <laughs> make make it happen, internet. I want to be a sexy yeah. cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway so um, you are you should listen though in all seriousness hump be it's hard to take it's hard to take someone saying to you you're good but dude i love your book and you know that i do and i am so happy that other people love it i'm glad it exists in the world and i do think though like when our book gets in the world when our art is out there and it is art it does like you don't want to be the person who just makes the same art over and over, right? Mm -hmm. You need to make adjacent art because that's what people are expecting of you. But you also are like, well, I want to try something else. So, you know, that's, I'd love to hear about that. Like the stuff that you're fixing, not by fixing evil cast, fixing air quotes, but like, oh, evil cast has, I know this is a thing that didn't land for me as the writer or this is the thing that Noah and I talked about that we're like, wouldn't it be fun if whatever. So what are those kinds of things that you're rectifying air quotes, but in a different story or you're like, Oh, I wish I had added this to evil cast, but now it doesn't fit because the story is taken its own way. Cause Enrico gave that character a patch and I got to do something else. So in the next mm -hmm. book, I'm going to do the thing I planned for that character, you know, like those kinds of the evolution of your art as you, as you reflect, like, cause it is art, art goes in all directions. We look back at what we did we look back on what other people did. I mean, you're obviously inspired by horror movies. We all know that, you know, secretly at night, you um, stand outside of Sam Raimi's window and look at him and you just tap the window and pretend you're rain. Everybody knows that you do that every night. Um, <laughs> but now that you are a, a published artist, just like he, how are you, you know, wh where is your inspiration going? I don't know. I just, I, I, I've got a million things I want to ask and I don't want to even know how to ask them all. I, I don't know what the question is. <laughs> No, no, the truth is the question is like, how does the things that you like or dislike about Evil Cast, not what the other people like or dislike, or mm. maybe even those, like the criticism you're getting, but the criticism you give, because you just said like that clack, 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 Jesus is a good joke. It holds up. It la It's an A plus joke, but you don't even think it's funny anymore. So that's an interesting thing to me that you even are, you're being hypercritical of your own work. So how are you filtering that into the new work? All right. So when I when I take a break from reading Welcome to Mansfield, which is hard because <laughs> it's so good. Um, um, I mean, I think the first thing is that um, we, we've joked about this before on like, Noah and I on, on my podcast, um, which is that Evil Cast Volume 1 really, truly is a prequel because the book that I wanted to write is really what volume two is going to be. But I thought that I needed one issue to set things up. And so I was like, all right, I'll do this one issue and then we'll get into all the crazy tasty ideas that I had. But I wrote the one issue and I went, well, I think I need a little bit more to get us there. And then I wrote issue two and then I was like, well, <laughs> I can't really transition out of this. And it just kept happening because 
you know, whether it's good or bad, for me, pacing is so important. And I know it's like, what does that actually mean? Well, it's just, I don't want characters to all of a sudden not be afraid of things, or I don't want them to all of a sudden be badasses, or they see something crazy and they are just like, okay, cool, I accept that. I'm like, no, like, uh, even though Evil Cast is extremely goofy and silly and by no means takes place in a real world. I wanted characters who I felt like were lacking in horror, who would be people who would witness all the things that we witness in horror movies and then respond accordingly. So again, a running joke in evil cast is that Kyle, every time he sees something fucked up, he throws up because he's like, that's gross. Uh, when he sees someone get their head exploded, he's not just like Marvel punchline. He's like, oh my God, you know, and he's ashamed of it because everyone else is really cool (laughs) and he's throwing up. Yeah. And then, yeah, Yeah. he should be because Noah's not throwing up. But then Noah, honestly, as his friend, is like, oh yeah, I peed my pants because I was so scared. Um, But also, as Stephen King has pointed out, you know, our brains they psychologically try to protect themselves. And so, I mean, this ties into trauma to where when people see fucked up shit, they don't just like Lovecraftian characters just lose their minds and die. Um, You know, they go, did I actually see that? And so it was fun writing characters who are processing these extraordinary things that fully destroy their worldview. There's a line where um, Noah's character uh you know he he stabbed someone in the neck but they don't die they come back to life and he's like i'm simultaneously disturbed that i stabbed someone and i'm glad that it stopped them from doing what they're doing but then they came back to life and it hurts my brain i don't understand um and kyle complains about other characters not obeying the laws of physics and so it was just a funny way of again, trying to see myself represented in terms of the cranky horror movie critic uh, represented and stuff. So all to say for volume two, I got a lot of, with getting a lot of the exposition and world building and setting up Kyle and Noah's story, um, I'm now free to just have the tale run. It's like a little wind up toy And besides, like, the first two issues kind of get the reader acclimated, introduce some new characters. But then after issue three, it's all just uh, real time, probably till the end of this arc, which I'm calling the Packard arc, uh, because those are the main main antagonists of this story. So um i think the main thing is just i've been so grateful because i wrote myself into so many corners because i did not know what i was doing i did not know how many pages would be in an issue i did not know if i could keep financing the book um i would take long breaks between issues so much so that i would forget what i was (laughs) doing and it was like that meme of gandalf looking around and saying i have no idea or i have no memory of this place that's how I would feel looking at scripts that I stopped halfway through where I'd go, Kyle, what are you, who's this? What is their purpose? <laughs> and I'd like find like 
half scribbled note like remember the the cupcake don't forget the cupcake don't and i'm like the cupcake yeah i'm like there's no cupcakes i forgot the cupcake um so yeah it's just been really nice now knowing my world knowing my main players um when we you know had to package up all the files from marcosia going through it another time i noticed a plot hole that didn't work with what I was trying to do in volume two. And so just through changing dialogue, I was able to fix that. And then there were also opportunities for characters that I had planned from a, the like original pitch of evil cast, but I didn't think to put them in places that made sense. And so there was one frame um, where Kyle is having a nightmare and there's a silhouette watching him and we went back and changed it to a different silhouette because that made sense for that character being there and that was what the intent was but again at the time of writing the issue i had thought that that character was somewhere else so little things like that but now in terms of answering your question about the humor and stuff that's what's fun now is that okay we've established noah and kyle's bond and we will continue to have the running jokes of, you know, them being scared, but that will be the new thing is them kind of um, stumbling their way into accidentally being badasses because now they've seen so much fucked up shit that it's just like they're getting annoyed by it. And that's, that's again, how I started Evil Cast in my mind is like the idea of people getting sick of this thing that consistently is coming after them because that's how it would be. It's like, you would be scared at first, but eventually the demon that's coming every Friday and knocking on your door, it's no longer like paranormal activity. Oh my God. It's like, I want to sleep. Leave me alone. I know how to deal with you. Go away. <laughs> um, and so there is a supernatural um, sock monkey that becomes a reoccurring threat that forms a very antagonistic relationship with Kyle and Noah. Um and two, like the personal arcs, like Kyle, again, to tie it back to Jesus cock blocking, which is a sentence I didn't expect to say today. Um, several times, too. Several times. Uh, that's kind of fun with Kyle is that he, um, he starts off as a very um, uh, agnostic character or just at the, at the least just indifferent. And again, in talking about the worldview, at the end of you know, the volume, he is more open to the supernatural having experienced it. Because again, the human brain would go, if this is possible, then what else is there out there? And so that's a fun pairing is that in volume two, he gets paired up with Anya, who is this very um, rigid uh, nun character, and they do not like each other, and that is a fun dynamic because Kyle now is more open to it, and based on what she's experienced, she's also a little bit more jaded now, and so they're kind of meeting each other halfway, and it's a fun relationship because again, when you read the when people read the first volume, their first interaction is not a pleasant one. No, um, and so yeah, just like we get to introduce new characters. Uh, Sacred Springs is a town in volume two. That's very much based off of it's a combination. It's a terrible love child of silent Hill and twin peaks. Um, and it's fun having our characters be in a place where everything's just kind of off. And it's that sort of like, did y'all see that weird thing? And it's like, yeah. And 
no one else in the town is talking about it. So I think, again, just it's um, adding on to the relationships between the characters, adding on to their development. Um, and then, too, the, the settings changed. And so there's a lot of opportunities. And one of my favorite new characters is uh, a woman named Sunshine who inexplicably shows up at every single place that they visit in the town and has a job <laughs> there. That. And again, it breaks Kyle and Noah's mind where they're like, how did you get here before us? How are you in a new outfit? And no one else seems concerned. And she's based off a real person in my life who I met at a uh, vintage clothing store who then I found out was on the radio, who then I found out was a tour guide at this distillery that I went to. She also was very aggressive in her um, descriptions of my body. And so that's a running <laughs> joke too, is that this, this sunshine is very into Kyle and is very aggressive about letting him know. And it makes him extremely uncomfortable. So there's lots of really fun things uh, in volume two. That'll be awesome. I can't wait. And people will should be excited. So you're going to do individual episode issues and then a collection too, right? I'm on the fence. Uh, so you're getting the hot scoop, Tony. I don't know what I'm going to do because okay. um, I, I feel like it might be more fun just to release the volume mm. for the first time so that everyone gets just a big chunk of story because looking at my circle and who's bought and, and sales and stuff. I don't know if individual um, single issues are going to be worth the work that I would have to put in to um, orchestrating between me, Noah, uh, our new artist, Mateo and Marcosia to get each issue out individually. It might just be easier to do it as a volume. I'm not, I'm not settled on that. It's just something I've been thinking about as I juggle all these different comics. Um, I have so little time and brain power that I thought I would really just like to focus on writing and not trying to do more of like the producing managing sort of stuff. So I may change my mind because Kyle Stuck has changed his mind many times as you'll what? see in, in this the, episode. In this not episode, in this episode, this show. in 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 Evil Cats, um, <laughs> uh, but yes, also in this episode. So yeah. that's my answer to that. I love that. Well, and I think so. I've seen one of your other comics that you're working on too, and and so are there are those better? Like I know, like I know you started some of those ideas before Evil Cast, and you're finishing them about Cast after Evil Cast. Are they better? now because evil cast is out because you not just that you've got the book published and you're you're a very big deal but because you know because of what you just said like you're convers saying i'm not sure i might just english so i might do whatever so like do you think your new series is just better because you have you understand the industry the new series kick evil casts ass um no i you know, this is the artist thing. Again, uh, I don't know if the listeners need encouragement. Perhaps they feel annoyed at my attempts to father them. Uh, maybe no. everyone listening is, you know what? Maybe everyone listening is older than me. So in that case, dad, first <laughs> off, sorry again for sneaking up, into your Bob? room and trying to sell a comic. Yeah, Bob. Um, no, I, 
I think it's like you just have to do it. So again, Evil Cast was the first comic that I did. And so I just learned so much doing it. And so I think something I've noticed now writing, I have four comic properties going. And so I think it's just, I've noticed about myself is that for the first issue of each series, I really like taking my time getting people acclimated to the characters. And so I've seen like in articles I've read or podcasts that I've listened to, they'll say you need to start with a Bane and you need to end on a cliffhanger. And like your premise can't be uh, like the first issue. It's like you have to introduce something even bigger and crazier at the end of the first issue. And I've noticed it's something that I don't really do and I think it's simultaneously both a problem and not a problem because Wild Hearts, which is the property that you read the first issue for, it's very much like treated like a bottle episode. And that's how I wrote it because I love those types of episodes on sitcoms, whether it be Seinfeld or It's Always Sunny. And so that was kind of what Wild Hearts was, which is the contemporary plus high fantasy plus very evil cast-esque humor and so it's a fantasy series that all that is you're introduced to in a room an interrogation room and there's little flashes to outside of the room but it's really just for you know the typical D party type archetypes being in a room being interrogated interrogated and arguing and so i've sent it to people who work at like sony and stuff and they're like this is funny but this tells me nothing about like the whole world like it doesn't necessarily hook me and so i think like there's different there's definitely ways that i can learn to market better or like have my stories be more marketable but at the same time the pretentious author in me kind of likes just feeling it out and being like all right well that's what i did in the first issue i'm in a course correct and now i'll do this in the second issue and so well let let me ask you about that about the term course correct because here's here's the thing i'm a i'm gonna say something i have star wars stockholm syndrome whatever you put out with star wars in it i'm gonna like it fact i could even a christmas special Probably. I've only ever seen that like <laughs> when it came out. You know, I was young enough to have seen it live. Um, no, I mean, that is objectively terrible. But if it were on right now, I would watch it. Here's the thing. If I'm if I'm in, I'm in a hotel room right now and if I'm like if if later on I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to sleep soon. I got to turn on the TV and let just let my mind wander. If, you know, Phantom Menace is on them and watch it. Right. That's just a fact. If Attack of the Clones is on, I'm what well, doesn't matter what part it is. I'm like, yep, I'm just going to stop and I'm just going to watch it wherever it is in the movie. These are facts. So I say all that to say then in the new trilogy, which I like actually quite a bit. And I actually think the second one is the best one. My the Ryan Johnson one. I, I'm on record and then everybody has their own feelings. That's fine. But then there's like this whole we had to course correct from one to the other because people got mad. So I say all that to you, the artist, the creator to say, do you want to course correct because 
you want to course correct or you want to course correct because somebody at Sony says you have to, like, what is, will you, how will you feel about that? Like, is it your, like, you're like, oh, that's a good note, which is fine. If it's a real criticism that you think adds value or do you want to change it? I'm not being judgy. I'm just genuinely asking, or do you want to change it? Because you're like, oh, I want to sell that. I need it to be the next, I need to make a bazillion D dollars. So I better make this change because Sony guy says, and I don't know who Sony guy is. Um, Steve, probably. It's Sony, Sony woman. Check oh. your prejudice. No. Sorry, check my prejudice <laughs> at the door. Is it Jennifer? Is she making another appearance? No, anyway. Um, so anyway, so I'm just curious. I think that's such an interesting phrase because we do see artists do it all the time. They're like, oh, people didn't like this, so I got to do this instead. But then they're mad that you did that. They're like, what the fuck, man? I can't win. So is the bet. So that's like, what do you, how do you feel about that course correction? Do you agree with those choices? I loved it, man. I loved that comic. I have no criticisms of it. I thought it was delicious. And so to me, it's a character driven story as you're telling characters, like you're introducing the characters. So to me, the plots are relevant right now, the longer plot, it'll get there because now I know who these people are. So next time, like this is issue zero kind of, right? It's if, if you could give that away on free comic book day, that would be what free comic book day comics are, right? They're all issue zeros. They're all like, here's the things you need to know. They don't move the story along. So I don't know. Um, no, yeah, I, it, it wasn't because of like other people. It was, I just had self-awareness because I think I, you, can't turn off my marketing brain so i'm always like always engaging and like you know ingesting that information because like i watch people who are really successful they like pay attention to that stuff so again i'm always like at odds with myself because my artist side is fighting that other side um and i think it's that tension hopefully that results in um me being a little successful um so, you know, with Wild Hearts, it was more like upon reflecting, I was like, oh, man, I didn't tell the reader at all, like where we're going. <laughs> um, but I don't think it's a um, a good or bad thing. I think it's just a, it is what it is. And so it's like, I think readers could read that first issue and be like, I don't know where they're going. I'm not interested. You know, people have mm. not read things for other reasons. But I think simultaneously, there's people like you who understand that that's what I was going for, where I wanted to really let the reader know who the characters were. I wanted their voices to be clear. And I accepted that I, as a writer, because I know other writers could have both, but I accepted, I'm like, this is what I can do with the amount of pages that I can afford for this first issue. Because I could have just made the issue like super long. Um but to me, again, to go back to pacing, those I think it's 32 pages. Maybe it's shorter. I don't know. But I was like, that felt right. I was like, this is where the issue should be done. I'm done. Like, it's it's ran its course. And I'm, to say notorious is not accurate because no one talks about this, but I'm notorious to myself for, like, just jumping between, like, how long each issue is. Um I like to think that if I got a contract with Marvel or DC, I would be a good boy and I would fit within their guidelines. But that's what I've told myself so far is I'm like, well, if I'm my boss, then I'm going to enjoy the luxury of being my boss. 
and not hold myself to a page limit. I'm going to just write what feels good for the issue. So no, for Wild Hearts, like I really sat on it because Wild Hearts is so important to me. I came up with it when I was in college and I've been thinking about it. And so the fact that I finally decided to do it and could afford to do it, I was like, I can do anything I want. I have my imagination. I have an artist. I have Noah. What do I want to do? And that's what came out. And so maybe there is an ideal version of that first issue that's better, quote unquote. Um, But this is what I was able to do. But I, again, am am self-aware and self-critical to where I go, ah, yeah, like people would maybe not know what's next and turn away. But that's the thing that I always have to remind myself too, is I'm like, you watch any movie, like, and you look at IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes, there's going to be Rotten Tomatoes. And it's like Martin Scorsese, when he makes a movie, there's a Rotten Tomato. Like someone out there was like, you know what? I don't think that the part it is good. And I'm like, what? I love that movie. And so again, if you're always evaluating your success based off of every single person's comment, like any person you meet, like, oh, this person felt this way. That means it's true. Then you're going to like drive yourself crazy. It's great to listen to feedback. You have to be open to it. But I think that's the real strength of a writer, which is being open to critique and feedback, but also having their own sense of taste. And you look at the history of any type of artist, they all had people telling them no. They all had people saying, that's not good. And if they all would have been course corrected based off of that feedback, at least to the extent that we're talking about, we wouldn't have a lot of great art. So I just mean, I'm always trying to zero in. It's kind of like, I don't like Harry Potter, but um, what's the game they play where they chase the little flying uh, chocolate looking thing? Quidditch, yeah. Um, that's what writing feels like me. It's I'm always, I'm always chasing what the, the idea truly is. And I'm never quite getting it right. But each issue, I try to paint a truer picture of what I think the story is or should be. And so like with Evilcast, sometimes it's like, oh, last issue was a little too lore heavy. We need more jokes this time. Or okay, the last issue was too jokey. I really need to like give a better sense of space. You know, I, that's more what I mean by course correct. It's my own sure. awareness of things, but yeah, no, I love, I think wild hearts is amazing. Um, and then the two other ones, hallowed and wine and beasts, I think are like my best written. Um, and so I'm really excited to hopefully show some more range because hallowed is dramatic and it's horror. Um, and it's, not a comedy and wine and beast is romantic and like zorro and that one i again i i feel like i take a different direction in how i start the story than what most people would do or want but i really like it and so um yeah i'm just curious for people to experience it i can't wait no me neither and i think and as i think that's a good place for us to start to get to the, you know, because again, there was no agenda here. I just wanted to talk to you about process and work and, and just talk. Cause it's like, I love Humming Fools. And I was like, I could have Kyle come do a Humming Fools episode of my show. That's kind of what this is. It's just us talking about you and your art. But again, it's comic book related and it's, but it is still, 
you know, it's still, you're the writer, which is different. Mark Russell said when he was sitting in your chair, I can't believe you put Mark Russell in the closet like that. He's, a, he's, he's America's greatest living satirist and you stuffed him in your closet. I can't believe that. You're like, well, Mark, it's my turn to sit in the chair. Um, but he said his favorite thing about being a writer of comic books is he's like, I don't have to worry about the descriptions. I can be like, hey, I need this. And then the artist does it. I don't have to draw the laces on the shoes and I don't have to mm-hmm. put the, you know, the background characters because like that's Steve's job. And um, Steve Pugh, who has not been on the show yet, uh, maybe he's in the closet back there, and I would, you know, if he wants to come out, we'll do another show with Steve Pugh later. That'd be cool. Steve, but, um, get over here, Steve. Yeah, but but what you know? So I think there's. I, I, so to me, this is just a fun. This is amazing. I loved hearing your thought process, and so I just, I like that you're you're giving your you're saying like you get to show your range, and so with my books. Um, you know, once the the Austin Chronicles are done, what my publishers kind of said, well, if you're going to do something that's a little bit different than that, you might want to consider publishing it with a different name because you've got a brand then. I don't, and I, I have not, I'm not anywhere near that yet. I mean, I, so I don't know. What do you think of that? Like you're Kyle Stoop. You wrote the books. So like, would you want to put Hallowed Out under a different, under something different because you don't want people to get confused that it's this or like, because to me, you think of like, there's all kinds of people who can write all kinds of books. And that's good. I mean, you mentioned Stephen King. Like, yes, he's a horror writer, but he's not. He writes mysteries. He, and he did that for a while, right? He put out the Bachman books because he just wanted to know that he could. So are you going to have, is there going to be a Kyle Stoop Bachman books line? Like, would you consider Hallowed because it isn't? A, there's no comedy elements or, the you know, to, to put it out with a different name because you don't want to confuse um, your audience? I think I have to be somewhat successful before I think about that. Right now, I'm like, I need that SEO. Mm. I need every single word to come back to me. <laughs> so I wouldn't want to like, <laughs> okay, I wouldn't want to split my readers in half. I want I want Kyle Stoop to have as much like weight as possible right now for future publishers and people. But it is an interesting question. I think I benefit from what I mainly want to write being genre fiction. And I feel like it's easier Mm. when you're in really clear and popular genres. So like for me right now, it's like horror and fantasy are like the two things that I'm doing. And yes, like evil cast is funny and yes, wild hearts is funny, but they're still kind of in those genres. And I'm like, I don't think anyone would write, a review and be like humorist Kyle Stoop, you know, like right. it's not that type of comedy. Cause there are great comedy writers who write nonfiction novels um, and, and, or just straight up novels. And the point is that it's like, it's philosophical humor or stuff like that. So I think for me, it's like, especially with what I'm doing, being in the medium of comics, I think that helps too. But if I were, to be successful and say want to write um something like nonfiction bio about growing up in ecuador what it was like being a missionary kid or perhaps for poetry which i've already again self-published one book under kyle stuke but perhaps i would choose like a poetry name because i don't want people trying to read my poetry getting you know anthropomorphic animals 
fighting witches popping up on their Google search. You know, I might want <laughs> something a little classier. Sure. And also, the damn umlaut is hard to type. Uh, and so it might be good to have something else out there, too, that has other things under it. So I've thought about it, but for right now, um, I'm trying to make Kyle Stuke uh, as viable as possible. So Well, and I want Kyle Stuke to be as viable as possible. So um, here's, the, here's all the shameless plugs at the end of the show. So first of all, I hope that people listen to this and had fun and they are going to find Jennifer and tell her thank you and that. They're going to get out of your parents. Their parents don't actually own a publishing company. So quit. No. Quit. Stop, everybody. They don't. Leave Janice alone. She's tired. Oh, She's tired, boy. Janice. Janice, one of my favorite episodes, though, of The Night Shift. Oh, yeah. My mom and I talked about the birds, and it was a blast. It was delightful. I loved every second of that. That was, I mean, and no offense to your spooky buddy, Abby, but, like, she probably even admits the best show of The Night Shift is the one with your mom. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves that episode. My mom went hard. She, like, printed out so notes. It was so cute. And just, like, asking her about horror and <laughs> having her just, like, just have to react to birds killing people was something I didn't expect to be as delighted by as I thought. It was amazing. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. So all of that. So everybody needs to congratulate Jennifer and leave your parents low. But as we, as we get to the end, so, like, let's do the shameless plugs. So you've got all kinds of cool shit. So obviously we've discussed at length that people can get Evil Cast on Amazon. They could get it at Barnes & Noble, which is where I got it. Um, what happens if they were to go to ominous.media? Could they buy it directly from there? So in your URL, type www.ominous.media slash evilcast, and then delete all of that, and then Google... Welcome to Mansfield, <laughs> book of the year, question mark. Yes. Um, oh, but nice. no, you. You, can, no. you can get Evilcast, yeah, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Jennifer, shout out. Um, oh, she's the best. I'm trying to remember, what's the, let me just type this in really quick. I made a very easy um, link for people uh, called, it's ominous.media slash buy Evilcast. And I basically built the page to where oh, put, uh, has all that, the different in the show notes, people, because Kyle's going to send me that, and it'll be in the show notes clearly. Okay, yes, um, I just I just sent it, but yeah, it, it basically lists all the retailers that you can get. But Bookshop is my favorite because every time you buy it. from Bookshop, they support a um, a local or like a, a bookstore um, that you and, pick. You get to choose yes. which one. Yeah. Yes. So I really love them. But again, unfortunately, right now, Walmart and Amazon, they have the book on sale. So if the pennies are tight, um, you can get it for like $14 as opposed to $25, um, which is great in terms of saving that money. I do not set the prices. So if you are upset by that, please direct your comments. Um, to Jennifer. To Marcosia. Yes, no, to Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, ominous.media slash buy evilcast. It'll be in the show notes according to Tony. That's a great place to go. Um, and then my socials are pretty easy to find, but I would put Instagram, uh, Tony, because that's where I hang out the most. Um, I post memes and I talk about horror. You do. You're and... hard on memes now that I've joined the Instagram. Because at first, remember, I joined Instagram, but I didn't know what I was doing and then I quit it. Remember that? Yes, but, it was very but... frustrating. 
But then when I got my publishing deal, they're like, you got to be on social media. And that was funny. I'd already quit Twitter before I got the publishing contract because that was bad for my mental health long before Elon Musk turned it into whatever it is. Um, Mm -hmm. It made me sad and upset every day. But my publisher was like, you got to be on there. So I'm back on the ground. And uh, everything that's on there that looks beautiful, that's all my wife. I make none of those images. She does all of that work. (laughs) I just have to post them. It's true. And sometimes I don't even post them. Sometimes she makes it. It's like, hey, I'm just going to schedule this for you. I'm like, oh, you are a perfect human being. And she does. Um, as we were talking off air, I'm punching above my weight in every way, shape, or form. But so, but now I see you on the gram. All that to say, I get on there and I love to get into your stories and see what memes you're posting. Because some of them are like really telling. You can actually learn a lot about Kyle Stook by following him on Instagram because he even though it's a meme and I know you, so that's probably why I get what you're doing, but there's, you're, you're very, uh, you're, you're bearing your soul with some cat memes and shit. So I just want people to get in there. Oh yeah. They're like, normally the memes like are either like religious based or they're just like super, super stupid or they're specific to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> it's like a very strange uh, combination, but yes, you can get to know me. And again, it is the, Instagram stories and Spider-Man that led to me being with my partner at the time. Again, she posted Spider-Man hand sanitizer and I was like, enough of this flirting from afar. I am sliding into these DMs. And Um, and now, and the rest is history. The rest is history. All her stuff is in my living room and it's a maze down there and I haven't eaten in days. Please send help. Please send help. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> please help. she's walled me in she's cast from a mouth yes. me yeah i was never good at tetris please please help me <laughs> i'm in a post story oh no so yeah <laughs> listen man i look genuinely i just wanted to do this because like i as i'm slowly trying to like figure out what i, I keep saying like it's not really even i mean this is indie comics but like we're talking about indie comics right well like also, I'm doing other things. I'm interviewing Walt Hickey. Uh, he's got a book called "You Are What You You Are What You Watch," um, mm. but he has this. Whole, it's a really great book. He's like a sociologist, and, and it's like data driven. But he goes into this whole deep dive about like the superheroes that you like and the comic books you read and what it says about you. So he's going to come out, and we're going to talk about that. And we're like, cool. Dang, I can't that's believe cool. He said this. Yeah, I just sent him a message. I was like, hey, Walt, I loved your book. I got it as an arc. You want to come talk to? Him? I said, I have a show called Indie Comic Spotlight you sort of write about comics. He's like, yeah, let's do that. So that's, I'm going to do that. Yeah. So like, I've got all kinds of cool shit, but it's like to me, and this is the most important thing I want to say to you. Um, art matters and you make it. And that's all that matters to me. So like if you sell one copy of evil cast or a billion D, which is the number I wish for every day, <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of you and not like, a, not in a, you know, the word proud has been, bastardized and i don't mean it you know in any demoralizing way like genuinely i'm happy i'm honored to know you i'm proud of your work getting to see it from episode like i didn't watch all the you know i didn't meet you until like 2019 2020 when the issue one was out but like i'm just it's amazing to see and you're like truly truly all jokes aside everything like it is inspirational the work that you've done this is how this is what do do it yourself stuff is and this is the kind of art i love and so that's why I wanted to talk about the course correcting because if you know I don't ever want you to compromise yourself 
because you make good stuff and you make me happy and you bring joy to the world. And, and it, obviously you're selling how like hotcakes. People are happy. So I'm just, thanks for making good art. There's somebody, I guarantee somebody's going to stumble across this. It's in my public library, by the way. Mm. It, it has not been checked back in. It keeps getting Ooh. out. Dude, seriously, you are. I love that. Big, you're big in the gourd. Um, well, the fact is, like, that's amazing, though, is that people are reading it and they're loving it. And they're left like there's a hold. There's a waiting list for your book in my library. And I know that only is one sale. So that's a lot of lives that you're going to touch with that. And so I just like it matters what you do because people need joy, even if they're like you're not saving the world. But if you made somebody laugh, if you brighten somebody's day, that is a huge pay it forward thing. So just thank you for making it. Thanks for being my friend. Thanks for doing this show while drinking whiskey. And that's all I want to say is you're the best. Well, I have three things to say because I'm a bullet points man. So the first one is a not serious thing. It's my yeah. dumb joke. Um, I once in a carnival in ninth grade paid 15 cents to get my fortune read. And the lady said, someday you'll be big in the gourd and i was like give me my money back wow you old hag and now but i feel bad she was right uh, yeah. she was right and i'm yeah. so happy for that uh yeah. the second thing which is the serious thing is thank you so much just for your kind words and your encouragement um again like doing evil cast and making stuff the best part of it is having other people react to it i would still do it if no one read it because i love writing and it's how i express myself but for me truly having people text me or email me or whatever and say this joke made me laugh or i wonder what's going to happen or this character is cool that stuff just makes me so happy i love entertaining people and like you said making people laugh or making people happy and if EvilCast never sold anything, but it just led to us meeting each other, it would have been worth it because it was such a special experience to like not know what I was doing and just trying to get anyone to look at it and to have you and the folks at Comics in Motion respond to me and have me on the show and for you to, again, be so generous with your time. It's just, it's very special. And the other day, Anna, my partner, and I uh, were doing this thing where, because we're separated, not uh, in our terms of our by love geography. and romance, but yeah. by geography, um, but we're doing, like, we answer little questions that she sends every day from this oh, app awesome. thing, and oh. one of the ones was, like, what do you take for granted, and for me, it's just, like, I, you know, want to be successful, and so I'm always going, and I, I don't always sit down and actually appreciate the the good things because i go oh good yes i like that num 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 more please i'm a hungry hungry hippo um and so it's good to have these kinds of conversations because i'm reminded how lucky i am so thank you tony you are a true um advocate for indie art and you're a true artist and uh yeah so happy to know you and i can't wait till we get to see each other in person someday and take the photo and your wife can be like, oh my gosh, he's so tall uh, and his hair is so good. His hair is so good. I, and I'll be like, wow, you didn't know I knew Johnny Bravo. That's right. A whole mama. <laughs> and uh, the third thing is 
listeners, Welcome to Mansfield is so good. <laughs> if there was a category for charming as hell, it would just wipe the floor. It's I laugh like every page. Um, one of the just sweetest protagonists ever. And just such a fun, realized world. It's not the type of book that I normally read. And so I admit I felt fear reading it. I was like, oh, my God, Tony slaps. But I don't really read this stuff. Is this going to am I going to have to lie? I can't lie. I'm not an actor. And thankfully, I don't have to do any of those things or worry about it because it's so damn pleasurable. So I will be reading all of the Austin Chronicles. Go get it. It's so good. More now. Again, Hungry, Hungry Hippo. Hungry Hippo. Well, thank you for that. Book two is with the publisher, man. So it is being, it's in the yeah, editor's hands. Yeah, you're already working on the third one. I don't understand. You. I am. I'm 30,000 <laughs> words into the third book. I yeah. don't get it. I have, uh, I, I dissociate a little bit. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a couple of days, I hear. Um, yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for that. This is good. This So the Tony and Kyle Love Fest is about to come to an end. And for those of you... Who would love, seriously, and I mean this, like I just, I just saw something in my email uh, from somebody who sent me something. I don't know who it is. I just saw it. Dave's forwarded it to me. He's like, hey, check this shit out. So that is super cool. People keep wanting to, me to talk about their comics. And some people, one woman who's French, so she does not Spreckenza English, which is German there. <laughs> um, but no, her, her publisher, Oni Press, uh, sent me something and was like, hey, I think you should cover this book. You can't interview her, but here's the arc. And so I am, I'm gonna, uh, Ada McCartney's gonna come on and we're gonna talk about it. And so like, it's cool. I wanna advocate for art. So seriously, if you are a, if you are a big fan of, um, you know, the humble cats and you are <laughs> listening to this because you love Kyle Stick like you should, and you're like, I wrote a comic, I did art. I wonder if Tony would talk to me, props. So you should send, unless you're like writing some Haiti hate stuff, prop, then I'm not gonna talk to you. But if you're writing something that is good, or is not even good, but like, because you wrote something good, but like, if you're just earnest, I want to talk to you about your art. So if you've got something cool, man, send it to me. Let's talk. Because I want to have guests on who want to make good art because art matters. You matter, friend. And um, I think we should listen to, and I've used this on the show before. I just feel like I'm going to use it. The um, Suburban Legends cover of the Golden Girls song. Thank you for being a friend. That's what we'll listen to on the way out. What do you say to that? Happy. All right, man. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. The heart is true. You're a pal in a confidant. I'm not ashamed to say. I hope it always will stay this way. My head is off. Won't you stand up and take a bow?
Invited everyone you knew You would see the biggest gift for people Me in the car inside 